This is Four People with Bishop Rob Wright. Welcome to Four People with Bishop Rob Wright. I'm your host, Melissa Rao, and this podcast is a conversation on the Four Faith Weekly Devotional sent out every Friday. You can find a link to this week's Four Faith and a link to subscribe to Four Faith in this episode's description. Bishop, this week's devotional was called When God is Silent. And I am aware that you are answering questions uh, according to uh, an online social media blitz, if you will, asking people for with what questions they're wrestling. And I'm I'm wondering what question you're answering in this devotion. Right. Um, well, um, we are trying to answer the, the, the questions that, that people have been posing to me, uh, you know, uh, across my public Facebook page. We, we were asking questions. And so the question is, what do we do uh, when God is silent? What do we do? Uh, when God is silent. So I, I, I really love taking that on uh, and, and trying to give people, you know, a, perhaps a different way to, to think about that. Hmm. So easy, easy enough, pretty straightforward. When I was <laughs> reading through your devotion, I reflected on um, an acronym that I heard and I reflected on all of the things that you said. And it's, I, I got this idea in my mind that we're so uncomfortable with silence that we jump so quickly to fill in the space. And I love the the imagery of the baby birds that you have towards the end. Yeah. And <laughs> I was thinking like, like it must be exhausting for God right. because <laughs> I mean, just be quiet person, you know, like just yeah. be, be silent human. And, and I, I think of this acronym, wait, just wait. I don't know if you've heard it, but it's why am I talking? <laughs> Do you know that one? <laughs> I don't, but I like it. Well, anyway, I'm curious what you think about silence and maybe why you think the human condition is to naturally fill it. Oh, good Lord. I, I don't know. I, I, um, uh, I guess what I really, really want to say is, is what we call silence is not the absence of God speaking. Uh, I, I want to say that silence is, is one way that God speaks. Uh, I like to say that silence is God's first language. And uh, and what we are being invited into, those of us who want to sort of grow up spiritually, become more mature spiritually, is we're invited to become bilingual. We're invited to to learn to speak God's first language. I think I think why we don't like silence, I mean, I, I can't speak obviously for, you know, what is it, seven billion people, but I I, I can I, you know, it's a scary place. Uh, it can feel like abandonment. It can feel like the non-existence of God. It can feel terribly lonely. Um, in silence, uh, things bubble up that we have pushed down in us. And if we stay distracted and if we stay busy uh, and we don't open the door to silence, those things never come up, although they do. But uh, we, we're, we're deluded to think that we can keep them repressed. And so silence is actually, uh, is, is actually one of the bravest things you can participate in because in silence is truth. I mean, all the great world religions understand that and know that. In, in silence is truth. And, and actually what all the great world religions know is, is that as you and I increase our uh, familiarity, comfort, uh, even uh, uh, capacity to be silent, what we learn is that silence in silence, there's a symphony. 
It's not the absence of anything. It's the presence of some things that we have to sort of stop and focus and listen carefully to. So like music, you you highlighted the fact that there's music and just because there are rests or spaces in the music doesn't make it any less of a, a musical piece. And I'm I'm wondering what the parallels are between silence and Sabbath. Yeah, so so Sabbath, I mean, if you're talking about Sabbath in terms of the traditional Jewish understanding, Sabbath is is that time where we create space, where we, we you know, a, a strict reading of Sabbath is where we don't participate in the economy. In Jewish tradition, we, we, um, we don't even drive, we walk, and it's about family, and it's about husbands and wives making love, and it's about uh, food, and it's about remembering who we are in God's eyes, telling the story of our liberation. And, and in that is silence. Parts of that is silence. It's enhanced. It's amplified. Uh, by silence. So it's, 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 again, it's music, it's notes and rest, notes and rest. I mean, think about it. Would you really, you know, buy music that was just one long note with no breaks? Uh, and yet this is the way that some of our lives look, right? Just one long note with no breaks, no, no artful dance or dialogue between rests and notes. And this is what God is suggesting in the keeping of Sabbath. And this is what I think a healthy and mature life with God involves is that to turn some stuff off. Uh, and 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 not not because I'm I'm saying technology is bad, and I'm not saying that at all. I'm saying balance. Uh before COVID, when folks used to drive, I I used to challenge people. Uh, to do one week in the car with no devices or radio or XM radio or anything like that. Just be there and just say, uh, uh, God speak, your servant is listening. And just uh, practice being in the car, just you and God in that space and see what happens. Um, you know, and when we were, again, before COVID and we had lots of traffic, you know, I used to tease and say traffic is the best precondition for deep spirituality in Atlanta, uh, because there we are trapped in our car. And if we're learning to be quiet and to practice that and to listen to ourselves, because silence is also to listen to ourselves and it's also to listen to God, we get more in line with who we are and perhaps we reflect. And if we reflect, perhaps we pivot. So silence is a great conduit of all this. Herbie Hancock, great jazz pianist, uh, multi-Grammy winner, said, you know, silence is a life skill. He, he couldn't be more right. He couldn't be more right. Well, I, I'm struck by that question and or the invitation to God, you know, God speak, your servant is listening. And I can't help but wonder how I would feel if I were to be so bold to do what you suggest and then not be able to hear anything. Yeah, <laughs> you know, and then yeah. I, and then I think what your point is is that maybe I need to be okay with not hearing anything. Maybe God doesn't have anything to say to me right then and there. I heard once uh, a guy say that God is an economical communicator. <laughs> <laughs> I love that, but you know, think about that just for a second. Uh, you know, I, I think we're trying to force our um, our insecurities. Uh, uh, you know, and our anxiety on God. Perhaps what we're saying when we say God is silent is, is that God is not speaking to me in the fashion that I desire 
or God is not speaking to me in a mode that is convenient for me. Maybe in the nothing, if we'll call it that, although I don't believe that there's no no nothing, maybe in the nothing it is, remember what I told you last time. Right? So, you know, I heard an old preacher say one time, about this business of leaning in for what God says. If you don't hear anything new, then continue to do what I told you last time. Maybe there's a way we could go deeper in what we heard last time. Um, You know, the other thing I I think that we we have to do is when it comes to this notion of God and silence, um, uh, we have to, uh, you know, I I like old jukeboxes. I'm I'm old. You know, the, the really old ones where you'd put your coin in, you see the the arm go across and grab the record and put the record, you know, on the disc and it would begin to play. Uh, I, I call that the, the retrieval method of God speaking. And, and that is greatly helped, as I say in the reflection, by you and I being intentional about increasing our own spiritual vocabularies. And so one of the ways that we can hear from God and uh, go deeper in hearing with God and that silence helps is to have some scripture in our gut. Uh, have something on file way down deep. And when we go into silence, that's what gets retrieved sometimes. And sometimes what comes up out of us, I mean, the word doesn't come down into us, but up out of us, we hear a word or a phrase that we need to pay attention to. I, I call that this, the Holy Spirit bringing those things to our remembrance. And that is a way that God speaks to us. And, and when we increase our biblical literacy, the other thing we, we find is in our silence, we have companions. So, so if I happen to be in a circumstance, a crisis of faith, a hardship, you know, I'm not alone. I can think back to Moses or Noah or Rebecca uh, or, uh, or Lydia or any, any other number of tra- spiritual travelers who walked with God. And, and that's a way that God speaks to me is, is that, you know, have faith like Noah or have faith like Moses or, or be like Sarah. Uh, sometimes that's the way God stirs in us. And we have the strength to keep on walking. All right. Well, we'll be right back with four people after a short break. What questions are on your heart this season of Lent? Bishop Wright is embarking on a new series, Five Lenten Questions, to respond to questions asked by our listeners. These questions are centered on the themes of self-examination, when God is silent, building beloved community, bearing witness to truth, and towards joy. Each Wednesday of Lent, there will be a new video and a reflection guide for use on your own or in a group. You can join us by following Bishop Wright on Instagram and Facebook. Welcome back to Four People with Bishop Rob Wright. Bishop, before the break, I had this piece of imagery in my head, and it was of me as an old lady rocking in a rocking chair, knitting, which is funny because I don't know how to knit. <laughs> but there's a, there's, there's a spiritual, I think, grace in just being present with something or someone or some being like God without having to speak, without having to hear, because it connotes a level of intimacy, trust, and security. 
And I, I don't know where I'm going with that. I don't know if there's a question in there. Honestly, I just, I'm like, I want that so badly. And I can't help but wonder why the hell I can't just shut up. Well, <laughs> you know, and, and, and that's a question we can take to silence, right? You know, the, the, the question, I mean, this is what I, we talked about self-examination last week. This is, this is how these two things go together, right? So self-examination is what we do in silence. And, and one of the things we do is go down deep and, and we can begin to ask ourselves, hey, what am I anxious about? You know, what, what, what makes me blather on? Uh, you know, and, and what is that? What's that condition? What's that, what's that pebble in my shoe? Right. But think about it. Think about it like this. Right. God wants to be friend. Right. I mean, uh, uh, he's he's called Abba, uh, which is daddy. It's not even almighty God and father. It's, <laughs> a, it's Abba. It's daddy. Right. And so what kind of relationship do we want to have with the spiritual parent? Right. Do we want to have this always uh, insecure, always anxious, never quite comfortable, not knowing where to put my hands relationship with God? Or do we want to have the relationship that I think God wants us to have, which is like the relationship that many of us have with friends, where we're not entertaining them. We've known them so long and the trust runs so deep that we don't fill every moment with anxious chit-chat um, is one thing I want to say. I mean, I think that's what God is inviting us to. It's like, hey, come on, be comfortable with me. No, trust me. Be, un, know that you're understood and not condemned. I mean, this is when we talk about Jesus being baptized and coming up out of the water and hearing the word beloved. You know, this is what we're talking about, right? Or do we want to be like those little baby birds in a nest who are always so ravenous, waiting for mommy to, you know, constantly give them a daily download? I mean, is that mature spirituality? Is that what we want? This perpetually sort of, uh, uh, insecure relationship? No, I don't think so. Mm-hmm. I, I think what we want is the abundance in the silence, the abundance of trust and understanding, uh, and, uh, and of respect. Uh, and, and I think that, you know, in God's soul making campaign, right? That's what God seems to be on this, this crucible that God is creating with all of these practices for soul making, grown up soul making. And what we learn is that in real secure relationships, you don't have to always be blathering on. You can rest. Mm-hmm. As the can shoulders, God. The shoulders can drop. Yeah. And, and why wouldn't, I mean, if God is, if the, if the Lord of all the universes is offering that relationship to his children, why wouldn't you want it? Yeah. I imagine that a lot of people ask this question, out of insecurity because they want to know God, they want to feel God, they want to hear God. And they're, they might be wondering or wrestling with, well, what's wrong with me that I can't hear God? Yeah. And I think what you're saying is, well, guess what? God might not be talking to us all the time and that's okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that's right. I, I think that there are people who probably think because they've not heard the you know, the thunder roll or the lightning flash or, you know, not heard God, you know, sing a song and the fire or the wind. They say, well, you know, I must not be spiritually deep or I'm doing something wrong. 
Or God's just not real. Yeah, or, or God's not real, right? This, it, you know, this silence proves God's non-existence. But we have to remember, again, here's where Scripture helps us. For Elijah, the prophet Elijah, you know, there was not, it, God was not in the fire, the wind, or the earthquake, but God was in the small, still voice. And so we've got to realize that, you know, do you want to talk about you, or do you want to sort of get to know the, this God? And so how does this God speak? Well, this God speaks in nature wonderfully. John Muir knew this. Howard Thurman knew this. That's how they first heard God speak. You know, uh, you know have you been out for a walk? Has, this, has the sun kissed your face, God speaking? Have you stood by the shore and realized that you're small? You know, in the grand scheme of things, God is speaking. You know, have you, have you held a hand of someone and felt an, an immense closeness and gratitude for connection, God is speaking. You know, I remember standing uh, at the northern edge of the Grand Canyon, God was speaking. Did, did some voice, human voice, break in and say, Rob, this or that? No. But you got a sense of, of time, and you got a sense of the world, and you saw how small your problems were actually uh, you know, in comparison to the world, Right. And, 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 and it begins to shape a conversation that God wants to have with all of us about that we are temporal, uh, that we are dust, and to dust we will, we will return, but that somehow God likes us as dust. Somehow God loves this dust. You know, all of that is not the absence of God speaking. All of that is the presence of God speaking. You know, the river running by, the waterfall. I mean, on and on and on. You go down to the aquarium here in Atlanta and to see the diversity of living things coexisting on a reef. I mean, all of that is, is God speaking. Uh, and, and so I would, I would challenge us to not squeeze God into a box of your sort of preferential way to hear, but be open and, and, and wonder uh, for a while about the myriad ways that God might be speaking to you right now. Mm. So for the practical sense, you're just saying, be quiet. Like, <laughs> <laughs> should we just be quiet? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't know that I, I'm, 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 I guess I, I'm saying uh, for some of us, we might need to, I mean, it's not a one size fits all, right? So for me, I, I wanted to go back to another point. For me, just sitting still drives me crazy because I'm not made that way. Right. And, you know, some people say, well, let's just have a quiet day. I'm the last person to invite to your quiet day. Right. That doesn't work for me. But I can be in my garage with no radio on, no words spoken, uh, you know, and, and, and you begin to hear from yourself. And then something gets called back to your mind. And, and then perhaps a verse or song comes to you. Or perhaps a word comes to you where you're able to say, I feel sad or I feel grateful or, I mean, this is, this is the sort of, uh, this is what's on God's menu. So I guess the, I don't want to say to people, just sit down and be quiet. I guess I want to say to people, um, what's the best way for you uh, to go out and begin to enjoy life without using words right now? For some people that silence might be going to serve in some kind of way, passing out, you know, foodstuffs to people in need, but not necessarily talking, but being fully present, but just silent. 
and, and, and trying to learn the richness uh, and appreciate the richness and deepen in an understanding of the richness of that. You know, I actually think that God is, I mean, I have learned, I mean, we talked about God being silent because I think that that's what people are, but I, my understanding of God is that God is actually loquacious. I, I think that this, this God, once you start sort of plugging into the w- myriad ways that God speaks, this God, this God is constantly talking, constantly chit-chatting. It's just, are we willing to listen? You know, we have that wonderful prayer in our tradition, God is more willing to speak than we are to listen. And I think that names it exactly. And I think one of the, we ought to get to it as well, because it's one of the reasons why we're not really uh, super jazzed about trying to position ourselves to listen, because we might hear something we don't want to hear. We might hear we have to let go of something. We might have to stop something. We might have to apologize to somebody. We might have to do justice to somebody we've defrauded. I mean, we, we, may, we may have to see that we were terribly, terribly wrong. And we might have to move through those complex emotions. Uh, you know, a part of not being silent is, is that it's a, you know, the, the distraction <clears throat> and the noise uh, is, a, is a buffer between us and what's authentic. But it, it's not life. And it has tragic consequences. The only life that you and I can have that's abundant is with God. And that involves silence. Amen. Well, Bishop, as always, I'm grateful for you. Listeners, thank you for tuning in to Four People with Bishop Rob Wright. You can keep up with us on Instagram and Facebook at Bishop Rob Wright. Please subscribe, leave a review, and we'll be back with you next week.